Amen. Glory to God. Um, so tonight I'm just um, going to talk a little bit about what we discussed on Sunday. Who can help me out? You can just give me an, um, maybe a short summary of what we had talked about on Sunday. Who can help me out? Just a short summary. Nothing biggie, just a short summary. I figured a few of us were here on Sunday. Hello? Anybody? Okay, Shade. Guess girl, please go ahead. from the position of the healed and we were healed before we were even brought to earth. We don't pray for money. We pray from the position of those who have the wealth that has already been given to us. So, and the other thing I um, got was that um, with minds, because that's the thing that struck me because I have a lot of conversations in our mind and um, something you said was that when you're having those conversations in your mind that you heard somebody else say this, that turn those conversations to conversation with God and to God. So instead of letting your mind tell you negative things, turn those things into prayer, which is communication. Amen. Yeah, I think that was, that's kind of summed it up. And tonight I just want to talk a little bit more in terms of what we had discussed on Sunday, which is that simply that prayer is just a conversation with God. Amen. And that if we take it from that perspective, then we understand how, what Jesus meant when he says, men always ought to pray and not to faint. We realize that if we don't pray, then the heart faints. What does it mean for the heart to faint? It means that we get discouraged, we get depressed, we, 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 we fleshly answer everything that comes at us, um, we... We don't, get, we don't grasp that which the Holy Spirit is doing in any situation. That's what that means. And when I gave the definition of prayer on Sunday, my definition of prayer, I said, is this. That uh, prayer is just a conversation with God that exhibits our dependence on God's providence in any matter. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about tonight um, as we continue further on prayer the reason why I just stayed more on that is because if we can grasp this conversational thing with God, I think it helps eliminate this um, issue of performance in prayer. Um, I, I, I think the main thing that we see all the time is performance in prayer. I, I've seen it many times. And even me, I will hear someone say, I want to pray like you. And it used to be that was more like um, an encouragement to me, but it's no longer, I'll be honest with you. Because to have a conversation with someone, you're uniquely, is a unique relationship. Um, it's like Auntie Nkoyo, a conversation with her husband will be different from the conversation I have with her husband. They're two different types of conversation, completely. But there's something unique in their conversations, one with another. And one of the things I want to reiterate is that conversation that we have with God. That there is no comparison with that conversation. The Bible says they comparing themselves among themselves are not wise, basically. And I'm not saying that it's a negative thing to 
be to mentor someone, to, for someone to look up to you. It's just that my own thing is, I just don't want the person to pray like me. I want the person to pray uniquely as the Holy Spirit encourages them to have that prayer. Because the truth is, I can stand with you and I pray for two hours. And you can stand, pray for five minutes and you'll be fulfilled. Simple as ABC. You can pray for two minutes and feel fulfilled. There's really nothing to it, to that. We can see those patterns even in Jesus Christ. There were times he went and heard and had long prayers. And there were times he would stand there and say, Father, I thank you because you always hear me. That's a prayer. And so there are times you hear they said he spent all night in prayer and he came out. And so those are things that I was trying to get into on Sunday when I talked about the art of the apothecary. Um, how that there are different ingredients that mix for this art of the apothecary to come to place. And what that means is, is the different ingredients of our lives, is the different um, um, dealings of our lives. There are times when I'm in conversation with God and all I feel like doing is just talking to God how wonderful you are. I really don't have anything to ask. I mean, it's just, I mean, your, your love has captured me. Your, your, your love is the banner of my life. And no wonder the virgins love you. You've captivated my heart. You've made a world of difference to me. When I look around, everything around me, all I see is you. And I'm so grateful. Lord, if I don't ask you anything, it's okay for me. That you are in my life is okay. Because I am confident that even if I don't ask, no matter what situation I find myself, there is a way out. Because Isaiah 65, where we read, said, before you ask, I would answer. What does that mean? It means God is already indwelling us. When you're going through trouble, he is in it with you. In other words, God is not far there and I am here. And I'm trying to invite him into a situation. That is why, the, that's why I mentioned that. The, the little conversations we have are the ones that lead to the big conversations. So where, when I'm just by myself, I, I find myself. There are times I sit down and I'll be honest with you. I mean, let's be very honest. There are days where my husband or my children have done something. And I'll sit down there and I'm, and I'm thinking. And you have this anger in your head as to what in the world. You get what I'm saying. But one of the things I'm learning to do now is understanding that self-control is not something... I'm just trying to capture there. It is a matter of the working of the mind. And I'm beginning to say, Holy Spirit, I thank you that I want to have a conversation with you instead of going this path. You get what I'm saying? Because what normally happens with that path is the minute that person shows up, then whatever it is that you have thought about is what you react upon. But once you started having conversations with the Holy Spirit and begins to tamper that thing, when that person comes, what you can flow out is what you're already having conversation about. So that's why I'm saying that the key to prayer is actually turning these conversations to glorify God. That's what Jesus Christ meant when he said, men always ought to pray and not to lose heart. I mean, that is why you look at someone like Paul. How can you write 13 books and 41 times you mention prayer? That is the significance of prayer in the life of the believer. Paul will say, we Bless, we bless God. I mean, thank God for his grace and mercy. We do not cease to pray for you. you are, we are constantly praying for you. In Romans 12, 12, I believe, it says, pray constantly. That's Paul. Obviously, Paul is not expecting that 24-7 I'm on my knees praying. But there's something that he's trying to get across, which is 
every minute of every day, we are having a conversation. And here's where I'm coming from, which was why I talked about on Sunday. As long as a, there is a bird, there is a bird flying in the air. The habitat of a bird is in the earth. The habitat of fish is in water. The habitat of a lion is in jungle. You take a lion out of a jungle and put him in an ocean, the lion will drown and die. Now, as long as we understand that we are spiritual beings, we are not trying to be spiritual. We are already spiritual. And so, based on where I live, I begin to live out. And so, our prayer is not necessarily God make me spiritual. It's God make me become more aware of who I am in you. Because the more I know about God, the more I discover myself. The more I try to discover myself, the more I discover who God is. And as long as that becomes the balance of one's life, prayer becomes a thing of joy. It, it, it's not burdensome anymore. It is not when it's time to pray, say, oh my God. You get what I'm trying to say? There is no, I mean, I used to, I think when Hilda and I were in intercessory, I would tell them, there are times I want to pray and I'm feeling sleepy. I'll put my leg in a bucket of ice to keep myself awake in order to be able to sleep. Now, those disciplines are okay. But I found that now I don't need to stay awake. There's just a joy in getting up. It, it, the, one of the things the devil can't throw at me is trying to spend time and having a conversation with my father. I mean, it, it's, it's like in, my, in the natural state, where in, in my own natural, my natural father rather, if I was going to have a conversation and somebody keeps interrupting, at some point in time, both of us have to ignore this person or we look for a better place to go. And so what I've done is I've grown to a better place. You understand? So you've grown to a place where that distraction is no longer a distraction. I don't see where I should be sleeping when I want to talk to my father. I don't sleep where I should, be, I, should, I should be tired when I want to talk to my father. There's an energy that is produced when I begin to live out from who I am. I'm not trying to be who I am. But I understand that I'm becoming aware more and more every day that this is me. This is what is God, God is, is, is made me to be. And I begin to appreciate that and begin to live from that place. Amen? Amen? Amen. So... Any questions on that before I... Um, and then I remember I said that prayer is not something you, you do. You make prayer. And that is why it's very important. It's not that I'm praying like somebody. And you can buy it. Please, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not legislating anything here. I'm not saying this is what you should do or don't do. But to go and buy somebody's prayer that they wrote, they made it. And what God is looking for from you is a different making. God is looking for you and he to make something different. For, I mean, basically, customize within you and God. Versus, this is what Pastor IBK wrote. Let me pray like Pastor IBK prayed. Maybe I will get Pastor IBK's result. The truth is, there is no prayer you've prayed that God does not answer. And that's the next one I want to talk about next time I come to talk about it. Which is, the myth of something we call unanswered prayer. There's really nothing like that in the scriptures. Please show me scripture and verse that says unanswered prayers. Especially in the New Testament. The one area you find it is where Peter said that your prayers be not hindered. It didn't say that God will not answer your prayer. It just said that your prayers become not hindered. What is it that will hinder your prayer? When you're having a back-to-back a, a -back with somebody, you guys are having a rancor, you yourself will not be at peace. So when God is saying go here, your mind is still 
discombobulated somehow. You are not clearly hearing God. So that's what poor Peter was trying to get to. So the next time I want to break down the scriptures, what do we call, what do we mean by answered prayers? Is there a myth called unanswered prayers? Because the truth is, it is from there that we begin to form this image of God. That we want to now perform for God. That maybe if I perform this way, it would answer my prayer. Or if I, if I don't do this, it would answer my prayer. But remember what we said. There was a divine judgment and there was a divine satisfaction. It, it, we, we don't have, listen, I don't care if you pray 20 hours. It, it is not the reason why God answers your prayer. The only reason God answers your prayer is because of Jesus. Simple. Jesus plus nothing. Paul said, I have made up my mind to know nothing among you except Jesus and him crucified. The only thing, the only reason God is going to hear your prayer when you open your mouth to pray is because you are already clothed in Jesus. So that when you open your mouth, all God is hearing is Jesus talking. He said, you are seated at the right hand. Far above principalities and power. It's a vantage position. It's a position where you become unmoved by anything that the enemy may throw at you. I mean, are there times where you're going to wait? Yes. And that's why I, I also believe that when it comes to things that we need to do, just do it. Let me give you a case in point. Paul will say, I want to go somewhere. He would have made the attempt to start going. Is then the Holy Spirit says, no. I don't want you going there. I want you to do this other one. You get what I'm saying? And, and, and those, things are, those, those things are aspects of prayer that we need to begin to break down. So that when it comes to the gospel of grace, when we call prayer, our hearts are excited. We already know our prayers are going to be answered. Either way we like it. This God knows is going to answer my... I mean, will God lie? He said, I'm not a man that I would lie. Neither the son of man that I would repay. He said, have I said it, will I not do it? Have I promised you, will I not make it good? So if it says, before you answer, before you pray, I will answer. Then why am I saying, God, I prayed this morning that I know, I know, I pray that you will answer our prayer as we come together today. Lord, we, we are believing you that as we come together today, that you are going to do great and marvelous things in our midst. Lord, we know that already. We, know, we, didn't say, we don't say we know that. We are praying for it, O oh God, that, Lord, you would manifest yourself, that you would, you would do something so powerful in our midst, which was the reason why I brought Isaiah 65. 2 Corinthians says, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. Behold, all things are passed away, and all things have become new. Isaiah 65 from verse 17 says, I would create a new heaven and a new earth. What does that mean? So he's now saying, this is the characteristics of this life that you would live. There will not be weeping amongst you. You will not lose your child at a young age. There will not be an old man that has not fulfilled his days. In other words, you will not bring forth children for trouble. He says, your children and your children's children are already blessed. He says, can you imagine where he says that the lion and the ox will lie down together? I mean, listen, that is food for a lion. But God is saying, this is what I'm going to do in the new creation. So when I pray, I already know God has done it. I just now want to begin to appropriate it in my life. Lord, open my eyes to see the extent to which you have blessed me. Open my eyes to see the extent to which, oh God, you have endowed my life with so much. And then prayer changes. I was saying to someone, I think we went somewhere 
the other day and they said, Father, we pray that your presence will be in our midst today. We, we, we ask for your presence to take charge of this place. And my own thing is this. If you carry Jesus in you, why are you asking for his presence to come again? And, and let, me, let me say something. You see, the vocabulary has a lot of ways in changing our mindsets. The vocabularies we use, the words that we use when it comes to prayer, the words that we have taken on over time. And we don't, we don't, know, we don't know that it, it has become a default for us. So when we gather together, we're saying, Father, we're praying that you will be in our midst. So my thing is, when you came, who came in? You are alone. You alone are enough to change that place. The, listen, Paul does not say, God, that you will come and be with us. He already, I mean, for Paul to be so boastful and say, my gospel. That is to the extent, that is the confidence that this guy has. The extent of his confidence in God. The extent of the confidence that he has knowing who is inside of him. So that when we gather together and I want to pray, there's this confidence I know I have. It will come to pass. He says, this is the confidence that we have in him. Whatever we ask according to his will, he hears us. What is his will? Isaiah 65. Should there be weeping in my house? No. Should I be crying in my house? No. Should I bring children for trouble? No. Should I lose my young? No. Should I prosper? Yes. It says you will build houses and you will live in them. No longer will you live and build houses and others will take it over. In other words, when you see some things that are contrary, all you need to do is speak the word of God concerning that situation. Rather than trying to plead with God to do something that he has already done. Jesus Christ can't be crucified again. It's over and done with. He said, it is finished. It is finished. So that when you and I pray, we pray from a position of strength. We pray from a position of knowledge. And that's why all of Paul's prayer was open their eyes. And the reason he wants our eyes to open is for you to know who you are. Because once you know who you are, the enemy can't play ball with me. He can't begin to get into my mind and begin to play ball. Um, I th Shadi sent me a scripture, and uh, for some reason, I didn't even know why I didn't go there. Second Corinthians, I mean, she sent me a scripture that really, that really just does help buttress this point, please. Open to Second Corinthians chapter 10. Okay, look at it from verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Number one, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity. Bringing every thought into captivity. Because where we're easily defeated before we get into prayer is in our area of thoughts. And that's why I said it is, these conversations are critical to the believer. By the time I sit down and start thinking about the wrong Pastor IBK did to me, if I can take that thought immediately and turn it to a conversation with God, you'll find out that within the space of 24 hours, 
It used to be that 10 hours out of it, you're always thinking about how this person did wrong or how this person did that one or how this one did that one. You find out that 10 hours is reduced to 8 hours. 8 hours is reduced to 6 hours. 6 hours is reduced to 4 hours. And before you know what's happening, you are going through what you call ceaseless prayers. Because every thought, whenever the enemy throws any thought at you, you've turned it to a conversation with God. God, I thank you. I thank you for my brother IBK. I thank you for the love that you've shown to us. Thank you that that love is what binds us together. Those are the things that I'm conversing in my head. That Lord, we walk in this love together. That no matter the lies of the enemy, we are overcomers in this area. We thank you because of what you have done already for us. I pray that everywhere IBK goes today, that Lord, he, he would meet with that which you have already prepared for him. Because he's favored, may the fragrance of that favor be diffused everywhere he steps into. The more I do that, the more I realize I am rising above all these lies of the enemy. And that's why those conversations Listen, as Mike and I had this discussion, I said to him, that's the only area we're defeated all the time. Is all is, is in these thoughts, the thoughts, that's it. We can hear all the revelation in this world and we can scream for now till tomorrow. The minute I walk out there, the area the enemy gets me are my thoughts. Simple as ABC, it's just that. There's nothing more. And it, until I begin to take hold of this thing, until I begin to walk as an overcomer, exercise self-control over it. The enemy can continue to play ball and I will continue to dance at this thing. He throws the ball here, I'm going to catch it. He throws the ball there, I'm going to catch it. But I'm just telling you what is helping me on a daily basis. I, I'm telling you, this afternoon, it didn't, it didn't mean there were no thoughts that came. But I am consciously aware now that to stay in this place that God has brought me into is just this conversation. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We already know it. The love of God. We know it all the time. God loves me. How do I walk in this thing? The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That is why it is critical. In other words, the only thing that the Holy Spirit requires of you and I is this fellowship. The only thing we know about Jesus Christ is his grace. Because he came and gave us grace for grace. Is that not true? We know about the love of God. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But then he says, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. There's going to be one that will teach you. That will comfort you. That will bring you to remembrance. In other words, there's somebody I need to lockstep with. Understand that he indwells me. And he indwelling me, there's an ability to live beyond my natural tendencies. But it, it is not in me trying to want to do it. It's in me just leaning on the strength that the Holy Spirit provides. Because that's all he gives to every one of us. I mean, look at all of Paul's letter to Timothy. For the last two weeks, I've just been sitting on 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. I've just been taking it in. All this guy told Timothy is, Timothy, everything you've seen me do, just do it. 
But there's something that I want you to do. Stay in prayer. Keep in the word. He said, because once you do that, you become an example to all believers. That was the nutshell of his letters to Timothy. That Timothy, to wage a good war, this is what it's going to take. That's why he warned him. He said, do not go into fables. Do not begin to sit down and go into endless arguments. Set yourself apart. Let the word have expression in your thoughts. Once you do that, you begin to see a world of difference in your life. So once I begin, once I can get hold of this, and that's why I keep saying, once I can get hold of this, when I now come into a time of prayer where I want to petition God, it's easy. Because it's something I started way before now. So that when the big issues come, that's why the Bible says the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's just the little foxes. Because if the enemy has defeated me already in my thoughts, then, then it's over and done with. I mean, have you ever sat down in a congregation and somebody is teaching and your mind is somewhere else? Or maybe it's a person that's sitting next to you that you don't like and your mind is gone completely. And out of 40 minutes message, the only thing you got is five minutes out of that message. I'm saying to you, these are the reality of life. This is where the enemy gets us. And you have to be consciously aware that you are greater than any lies of the enemy. The Bible says the greater one lives inside of you. And by him, you overcome. So let's begin with prayer is just a conversation with God. And once we know that prayer is a conversation with God, it takes us to a different level. The Bible says that we, humanity, were created in the image of God. Just think about it for a minute. It says we're created in the image of God. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We are one spirit with God. In other words, this great, infinite, eternal presence, the Bible says, is inside of me. And what does that translate to? That I'm already a spiritual being. I'm not trying to become one. So prayer is critical in the life of a believer who is living under the gospel of God's grace. It is where you're built up. So when, when, when we say works that we need to perform, the works that we not perform, the works that we need to do, prayer is one of them. Prayer is a work. Prayer is consciously taking time to want to talk to God. But I want you to do this exercise for me. For the next one week, do me a favor. Take a journal. Begin to write down how you're consciously taking hold of your thoughts. Try and do it. It's an exercise that I did. You, do, you don't have to do it. I'm not saying you should do it. I'm just saying I'm encouraging you to try and do it. Take a journal of your thoughts. Write them down. 
the ones that you're able to arrest and turn around, write them down. You'll be amazed in the space of the few hours you're awake, not when you're sleeping. The ones that you're awake that you're able to write down. You'll be amazed how when you look at them, you can easily take them back in prayer and say, God, here it is. Within the space of two hours, there are these thoughts. These are things I don't want. I want you to help me. I turn it over completely to you. Help me to begin to start a conversation that is in line with your thoughts towards me. Help me begin to start a conversation that is in line with your thoughts towards my brothers and my sisters. So that I, working together with you, may be able to go into this beyond imagination understanding of who you are and what you have accomplished for me. I'm telling you, I had this journal, I wrote them down, and I'm, I'm, I said to myself, my God, my God. So that's what I want us to touch on. And if we have any question, I'm going to open up to questions tonight. I just wanted to go over what we had, what we had listened, what we had talked about on Sunday. Is there any question? I know someone asked me a question immediately after service on Sunday. I was able to answer that. Any question? Any question? Do we all understand it? We all, we all get it. Okay. Because after pastor's thought on all of that one week, he thought, he wrapped it up. That was it. Is that consciousness of the presence that we carry. Is that minute by minute, second by second awareness of that presence of God that we carry on the inside of us. And I understand that your prayer is not according to what you think you've done right or wrong. When Paul would pray in Philippians, he said that my God will supply all your needs. It didn't say according to my prayer. It didn't say according to how long I pray. He says, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So if there's any scripture I'm going to give you about why your prayers are answered only because of Jesus, that is it. That my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Then take where Jesus said, I thank you because you always hear me. And then in John 16, he said, till now you have not prayed in my name. Remember I said, when the disciples asked him, teach us to pray. He taught them our Father who was in heaven, but he did not tell them, this is praying in my name. But he changed it around in John 16. And I said, from now on, up until now. That's why I said, hitherto till now. You have never asked anything in my name. He said, now ask that your joy may be full. Then he went ahead again. Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I will do it. So when you get down on your knees, the confidence I want you to have is not because you are eloquent in prayer. It's not because you can kneel down and pray. It is not the posture that you assume. That the only reason why your prayer is already answered is because a divine judgment was and a divine satisfaction came. And from then on, God said, before you ask, I will answer. While you're yet speaking, I have done it. I mean, just think about it. What does God mean by that? Before you ask, I will answer. In other words, he and you are having thoughtful conversation. And God, out of that thoughtful conversation, is just bringing it to pass. Even while you're yet speaking, 
I have done it. So I want you to know tonight. Prayer is one of the most wonderful tools that God has given us as believers. And by it, we can see God do mighty things. So I want us to stand to our feet tonight, if there's no question. And the prayer I want you to pray tonight is just, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to develop this fellowship with you. Because that's what makes all the world of difference. I know the grace of Jesus. I'm getting more and more acquainted with it. I know the Father loves me. He's opening my eyes day by day to know the extent of his love for me. But Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, teach me to fellowship with you. Open my eyes to know what it means to fellowship with you. Help me to have those conversations in my thoughts that glorify you. Help me to know, oh God, that irrespective of where I am, the thoughts that are going on, your greatest desire is that you will fill my thoughts and my heart in every aspect, oh God. I therefore, I pray, Lord, tonight that you will help me. And I want to leave you with this scripture in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Paul is saying here, have conversations with these things in mind. Don't let any other thing take hold of your mind. Anything that is praiseworthy, anything that is just, the things that are pure. Help me to, Lord, to turn pure, to have pure conversations in my mind about my brethren. Help me to have pure conversations in my mind in regards to any situation. That your name alone may be glorified. Open my eyes, O oh God, to know the depth of the power of prayer in my life. Because that you said that my eyes be opened that I may know the exceeding greatness of your power toward me as a believer. That when I speak, power is released. That I know that power is released. I thank you, Holy Spirit. That my mind is focused on you alone. Help me to exercise self-control in my thoughts. That when I open my mouth to pray, oh God, I'm praying from the position of strength. And your name alone is glorified. That's why Paul would wrap up that thing when he says, meditate on these things. He said, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me. He said, do this. And God of peace will be with you. Thank you tonight, Holy Spirit.
that, Lord, we begin to center our minds on the things that are pure. We live a habitual life of the Spirit. That we understand that this is our life. We're not trying to be spiritual. We are spiritual. That we're not trying to become good. We're already good. That we're not trying to get your attention. We already have your attention. We are not trying to get you to do something. You've already done it all. You said, if I take care of the birds in the air, the lily in the valley, which today is and tomorrow is gone into the oven. He said, how much more? You are of more value. Help us to know that we are of more value. No wonder you said to us in Luke 11.10, you said, whoever asks anything, you said it shall be done. We want to thank you tonight. Help us to know that our prayers are answered. Not because of us, but according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We thank you. We give you praise. We honor you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. If you have an offering, there is an offering bucket on your way out if you just drop your offering. God bless you all. We'll see you all on Sunday by the grace of God.